0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes podcast here on the twenty four seven Sports Network. Andrew Evans joined, as always, by my man David Lake. David, a busy weekend of recruiting for the Miami Hurricanes. We kind of teased it on the last episode, um, yeah. and it it kind of happened. Uh, Miami picks up two commitments in, in the span of less than twenty four hours. Richard Smith, a speedy slot receiver, uh, picks the Hurricanes on Sunday. Uh, Monday, around lunchtime, Thomas Davis, an edge rusher out of Georgia. He also commits to the Hurricanes. So Miami continues to dominate um, the offseason headlines in just in terms of talent acquisition, uh, and, and this is huge. Um, before we want to get into that, just want to say, guys, my internet has been acting up like really over the past 48 hours. I don't know what's up with it. Xfinity was in my neighborhood last week. All of a sudden, I don't know. I was I was on like a call for two and a half hours trying to get this fixed out. So <laughs> if I'm a little if I'm a little choppy, I'm apologize. Trying to get it taken care of. Hopefully, this is good to go. But that's that's kind of been the issue here. So, David, how you doing, man?
1: Yeah, so far so good. Your audio is sounding okay at this time. So let's plow through. And yeah, um, you hinted at it. Some commitments were coming uh, that the fan base was understandably getting antsy by the time Sunday rolled around. But, uh, for those that were patient, I think they were happy with the news landing, in my opinion, two talented players, we'll we'll get into it each guy, but Brashard Smith, slot wide receiver, and Thomas Davis, an edge guy who, you know, can provide some pass rushing punch. So. Which guy should we get into first?
0: Let's start with Brashard, because I know he's like your yeah. uh,
1: favorite guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big fan. You know, each cycle, it just it just happens. You know, you, you see a bunch of guys, particularly in South Florida, a bunch of times, and, you know, you, you kind of gravitate towards one of them. He's a guy that that definitely has caught my attention here this offseason, just his speed, uh, the way he made plays in the brief 7 on 7 competitions we saw him at so and then you know you you watch his highlight and it's even better you know he in my opinion he's even better in pads than he is in 7 on 7 which certainly matters um and why is he better well he runs with tremendous power too not only is he fast he he's a strong runner uh he can run through tackles you see him also make plays on special teams in the return games so in my opinion, you know, look, is Brashard Smith a number 1 wide receiver in a pro style offense? No, but he's a huge get for Miami in this new spread offense because if you look at how he fits with the rest of the offensive skill talent Miami's assembling in this class, opposing defenses are going to have to pick their poison as to who they really sh- show attention to. And, you know, if they decide to not show much attention to the slot receiver, Brashard Smith, Brashard's going to make them pay with some big plays. So I'm all in. Um, I'll let you say your piece on Brashard, and then I will have a little rant about how I think he's underrated. Go ahead.
0: Uh, you know, I, it's a big get. thing that jumps out to me is he's got the fastest um, – Verified forty-yard dash from the time of, of this spring, um, on record. If that makes sense, like you know, yeah. For, I can't put all the numbers out there. I have seen some of the numbers. You know, there was that abbreviated camp circuit, and Brashard was a legitimate four-four guy on the lasers. Which, if you're doing it in that type of setting, is pretty. Dang impressive because um, everyone watches the NFL combine and we see these guys rip off four twos and, and four threes and stuff. Well, those guys are the best of the best conditioned um, to run those times. So uh, he's super fast. Um, it's uh, a guy, and I, I think we need to give like Rhett Lashley a ton of credit here. Miami's previous offensive staff didn't want Bashar Smith, like, they didn't recruit him um, at all. And, and, uh, and uh, they kind of just looked the other way, and then once Rhett Lashley and Rob Likens came in they they figured out that Brashard was a the guy they wanted. Remember Brashard was committed to Florida. They talked him into decommitting, and um it, it ended up with this commitment and i, I personally think like Miami's spread attack probably the better fit for Brashard, but this is this is a big one. I also want to point out um first South Florida Express player to commit to Miami since I think to Cory couch two cycles ago and does that mean anything? No, but uh, it feels like in years past, we've seen so much of the guys that play for the South Florida express, which is one of the top seven on seven teams down here. That's traditionally always loaded. Most of their kids go to Florida. So uh, I thought that was also a little notable nugget.
1: So let me talk about his ranking, right? And, and normally I am all in on rankings. I don't really bash rankings, uh, you know, cause quite frankly, more times than not they are correct. Um, and, and look, for Brochard, I think for the most part, it is correct. And I think there's a chance it gets adjusted if football is played in the fall. We see more film of him, et cetera, et cetera. Also, I understand, you know, look, he's a high level three star. He's also five foot eight. So, you know, that does matter. When you're small, it's hard to be good at football. That's just how it is. Um, but with that being said, I think if you compare Brashard to the other smaller slot receivers in the state of Florida, I'm not necessarily saying Brashard should be ranked as high as these guys, but I think Brashard is in that four-star range, the low four-star range. Um, And in my opinion, because I have seen most of these other guys I'm about to list in person, my opinion, Brashard is at least on their level if not better than a lot of these guys. So we look at Mario Williams, who is the number 35 overall player in the country committed to Oklahoma. Christian Leary, we've talked about in a previous podcast, committed to Alabama. Trevante Rucker, number 176 in the country, committed to Florida. Charles Montgomery, number 240, committed to Florida. And then Yul Keith Brown, who's number 289 in the country Not committed yet. He's from Miami Central. So look, I'm not saying brashards better than all these guys. Um, I'm simply saying, in my opinion, from seeing brashard and seeing these guys in person. I think brashard is on that level and you know It wasn't very many comments. Most of the Miami fans understood how this was a big get for Miami, but there was a, a, a very few amount of comments that were like, why are people excited about a five foot eight receiver? He's a three star Miami shouldn't be recruiting at this level. I would just say, you know, yes, he is rated a three star by the industry. I'm talking about the 24 seven sports composite ranking. Um, But in my opinion, he's, he's that three star that has the upside of a four star, if you will. So that's just my little rant on, on Burchard's ranking
0: what i'll point out uh is and and someone asked me that do you think he will um move up in the rankings and I, and I pointed out you know he's going to have the chance to do that uh we still don't know what the high school football season looks like we don't know yeah. what the all-star games look like but he is has accepted an invitation to play in the Under Armour all-america game um so he's going to get a chance in front of all the analysts going up against top defensive backs and I always tell people rankings is, is a process. It's not sure. um, you don't get one ranking with the, the entire time. You know, he, he will have his uh, to move up. W- what do you think for player comp? The one I used on his profile was Tyreek Hill, and that was more of just kind of the speed and, and measurement. I've seen some different fans throughout some some other ones. Debo Samuel, the, the San Francisco 49ers wide receiver, he was used. Yeah. Uh, Rondell Moore, who is – Uh, at Purdue had that electric freshman season I I think that one really works and then Jalen Rieger was another one the former TCU wide receiver who was like a workout warrior he's now gonna be with the Eagles do any of those work for you or do you have another one
1: that you like I kind of like I kind of like the Debo Samuel one in in terms of style of play like I do think Debo's slightly taller right um but I think him and Brashard are similar in that they both run with violence after the catch. Um, You know, both guys, and you know, I've said this in the past, I don't know if Miami is going to use him this way, but I do think Brashard brings some position versatility in that he has a strong build, a thick build that would allow him to maybe line up at running back in spots. Like he is primarily a slot receiver all day. Um, but, you know, I think he he can break tackles and he's a strong runner. And if an offensive coordinator wants to get creative, they can use him in that, you know, kind of running back role at times. And that's how the 49ers use Debo Samuel a lot down the stretch last year in their Super Bowl run. So I do like that comp. Um, you know, the Tyreek Hill thing, I could see it. I, To me, that's just hard to project because Tyreek Hill is such a freak. You know, I I think that's a tough one. Uh, You know, Rondale Moore, I I like that one too. But I think the bottom line that we're getting at is, you know, all these projections I think are somewhat fair and they kind of tell you how good Brashard is.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's an electric, exciting playmaker. Um, I guess that's kind of the way... You put it. Uh, I'm assuming most listeners are going to want to know if this helps with the rest of the Palmetto kids. I, I think it does. Um, you know, I, I, I've never said Miami's going to get the entire "quote unquote" Palmetto five, but I do think um, them them at least getting one in the boat right now is kind of impressive. Because I remember last year when I covered the Palmetto Western game. And just kind of talking with those guys afterwards, I just got a strong vibe that Florida kind of was going to get whoever they wanted out of that school. So for the fact, the fact that Miami was able to—I kind of, mean, it won't go down as a flip, but you know, it technically is, and in, in, in some ways, uh, that sh- that should be brought up. And and again, like rhett Lashley, I think deserves a lot of credit. I think. He was on the 24-7 Sports Social Distance Series talking about how this new offense is appealing to kids. Well, you want an example of that, boom, here you go.
1: Big picture-wise, what are your just general thoughts on the skill talent Miami has right now in this class?
0: Well, on the offensive side of the ball, it's kind of... of, Yeah, an offense. It's pretty dang impressive. I mean, Thad Franklin, Brashard Smith, Romello Brinson, Jacoby George... Um, Elijah Arroyo, those are all top 400, um, 24, cons- seven, sports composite players. So I, that's a, that's a pretty impressive group.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I wrote an article after Brashard committed, you know, basically look, I mean, we'll see how it goes. You and I have, have preached patience throughout the process with Miami's pursuit of a quarterback. I still think that needs to be the, the thinking. Um, at this stage, there's no reason to reach for a quarterback right now. Um, but I, I think certainly with the talent they've amassed, you know, both at the skill positions and honestly, with the offensive line recruiting the last two cycles, they can make a pretty compelling case for a quality quarterback to come to the class. So you know, they're doing their part in that regard um, to, to try and add a quality quarterback. So it'll be interesting to see if they can get it done.
2: Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Selling a little or a lot? to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odyssey podcast.
0: Okay, David. Um, Thomas Davis, he's a guy who has been discussed at length during this podcast he was initially planning to announce a commitment on August 24th Uh, couldn't wait that long he wanted to kind of secure one of his spots and he commits to Miami on Monday picking uh, the Hurricanes over Florida State South Carolina he's a former Mississippi State commit I mean what is the one thing that you I guess like about Thomas
1: just the way he gets after the quarterback you know um People want to focus, I think, on the quote unquote negative things about Thomas, which which is that he's probably six foot one. Um, But I would encourage people to look at all the good things Thomas does on the field to disrupt the opposing passing game. So to me, those types of players are extremely valuable. Like you said, we've talked about Thomas at length on the podcast. Um, is he a specialty player? Yeah, I think so. Um, it, 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 the way I view him down the road is that he's going to be a third down pass rusher. Um, but I think he's going to be highly effective in that role. And in my opinion, you can't have too many of those types of guys. You know, you, you go turn on his film. Uh, it, it's very impressive. And, you know, look, quite frankly, if he was six foot four, he would probably be in the top 150 um, because he has all the other athletic traits that are, you know, borderline elite for edge rushers at the high school level. There's one play. So when he committed, I decided to go watch his highlight again, just to refresh myself. There's one play on his highlight that I had forgotten about that, you know, he, he essentially lines up at tight end um, and runs kind of Basically straight down the seam, um, and you know he's he's covered by a guy in the back seven that has zero chance of sticking with him in a straight line. The quarterback lays it up perfectly to Thomas. He runs under it and just opens up his stride, uh, sixty yards basically, till he gets into the end zone. And when you see that, it's like whoa! Like he really can run. Um, and you know, after seeing him in person, you and I both—we both saw that his get off is pretty special too. So you know, look—is he—is he six foot one? Yes. Um, is he an every down defensive end? In my opinion, no. But he can attack the line of scrimmage. He brings potentially some versatility. You know, maybe he can be the viper role as that defensive end outside linebacker hybrid if he continues to get better, you know, with his agility and, and smooth uh, change of direction ability and space. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm all for the take on Thomas Davis. I don't want a, a room full of Thomas Davis types, but if you take one Thomas Davis type every three or four years, I don't see any issue with that.
0: Well, I think you got to look at it like uh, an NFL roster. Um, you know, guys like Thomas Davis are kind of, not valuable in the NFL, but those guys have roles, man. Um, And I I just think you need to kind of, you know, you have more numbers to play within the college game. If you have what I would consider a change-up pass rusher, like what's wrong with that? Um, Correct. I I think Miami's pass rush is going to get better with him. Um, Correct. And, and, I mean, really with with him and Brashard, it will be interesting to see how their bodies transform Um, once working with with David Feely and uh, I'll never I mean I won't forget a couple I guess back during the spring you know I had someone on Miami staff tell me that like they're not really as concerned as they once were about how a kid looks from a physical standpoint in terms of muscle mass and um, just just general as they once were because they've seen what David Feely's been able to do with some of these guys and I think that applies to both brashard and and thomas davis it's not like they're rocked up already or anything like that so you got something to work with there
1: and you're the one that that came up with this comp so you get full credit for this but when we were when we watched thomas in person at that camp you you turned to me and said basically he he reminds you of josh uche who you know is the former uh, columbus high school standout ended up at michigan um you know it took josh uche a few years to get it going at the college level, but over his final two years, he was a pass rushing menace for Michigan in that kind of specialized role where he came in on third down. Uh, he Josh Uche is extremely twitchy. He plays very low to the ground and he closes strong on the ball when he's chasing it. So, you know, I would highly encourage uh, any Thomas Davis doubters listening to the podcast to go, go fire up some Josh Uche highlights on YouTube. Um, because I think, uh, they're, they're very similar players. And if I'm Miami, I'm looking to put Thomas Davis in that Josh Uche role. And, you know, also just a reminder, the new England Patriots drafted Josh Uche in the second round of this recent NFL draft. So those guys do have tremendous value um, in, in modern day football.
0: And you got to point out that I know it's been such a long time since we've actually seen football played, but like Miami is already all about doing kind of weird creative stuff on third downs as is. Yeah. Um, like they have their special packages. so it's hard not it's not a stretch to think that they're gonna find some role for Thomas Davis eventually. Uh, in one of those it's not like every down Miami rushes to uh, defensive ends I mean they're they're gonna figure it out Uh, another thing I want to bring up with um, Thomas and and I was just got done writing something on this this will be the fifth straight year that Miami has signed a recruit out of the state of Georgia which I think which I think is kind of notable in a way like don't get me wrong, Miami, we, we are well aware that they're going to want to recruit South Florida, um, but it seems like they, that they're kind of open to plucking a kid here and there every year uh, if it's doable, and I'm I'm kind of all for that.
1: Yeah, I mean, Georgia, you know, especially recently, they definitely produce talent at a high level on a consistent basis, you know, probably just under the state of Florida, and you know... At line of scrimmage positions, they are probably better than the state of Florida. So Thomas Davis plays on the line of scrimmage. I would also, you know, to add to that, I would bet on Valdosta Lions guys all day. Um, I think, you know, look, that's not a, that's a good program to try and get in with to try and build a little pipeline with um, So, you know, taking Thomas Davis helps in that regard as well.
0: Yeah. And it also continues the big picture class theme of uh, getting guys from schools that have made deep runs in, in the, in the state playoffs. Um, And Brashard Brashard does as well. You know, it's not like, I don't think Miami has one kid on committed that played for a losing team last
1: year. Yeah. Which does matter. You want to, I mean, Miami does need to also change the culture of the program. Manny Diaz has been Frank with that. So, you know, if you, if you want to win, you got to add players who do not accept losing. And honestly, that starts at the high school level. Guys who come from success, successful programs do not tolerate losing. So you're right. that That is another good trend with this, this commitment. Well, let me
0: ask you this, David. Um, it seems like the n- questions about numbers and what Miami's going to do are only going to keep coming. What, what is your kind of read on this situation? Um, and and I'll give you what, what I
1: think is going to happen. So honestly, I wouldn't worry about it. Um, the way I, the way I view it is look, no one, the NCAA cannot stop Miami from accepting commitments, right? So Miami could accept 35 commitments between now and signing day. Um, now you can't sign 35 guys but i think if 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 they keep accepting commitments let's say things do go tremendously well and they find themselves in a pinch ultimately that is a good problem to have and look you can't blame miami for for you know recruiting the best they can and then i i would assume that they would be honest with the guys that would then get cut from the class. Hey, maybe you should look around because we're kind of full and we don't have any more space for you. So I get it, like it is it is going to be a big storyline for the rest of the recruiting cycle for Miami. But personally, I just, I'm just looking at how, how many guys can Miami realistically land? Um, because, you know, in my, I guess what I'm getting at they're not going to turn away Jason Marshall because spots are tight, right? They're not going to turn away Corey Collier because spots are tight. I don't even think they'll turn away like chase Smith. Who's up in Palm Bay, a very good striker prospect, probably going to take his recruitment the distance. If chase Smith tells Miami, Hey, I want to come. Miami is in no position to turn that guy away. Like he is a freak prospect. Um, so, I I don't think honestly it's much of an issue to worry about. Um, that's just my take.
0: I agree, man. I absolutely agree. Like everyone's p- quick to point out that Miami only has three spots left. Like, but that does not mean that they're gonna not keep recruiting five stars. Like I know conversations are going on with prospects committed elsewhere. Um, sure. Like Miami's gonna try to not upgrade the class, but. I think they're just going to recruit and see what you can get and then figure it out. I mean, who knows what happens um, with the counter situation given this pandemic? Who knows what happens if, um, you know, the season or part of the season gets pushed to the spring? Who knows what happens with some of these kids that thought they're going to enroll early, but now they want to uh, play out their senior season? So, like, I don't think Miami's going to get to 24 or 25 and all of a sudden be like, oh, we're done. Um,
1: right. You know, I think they're just, you know, if they are over and look if the NCAA doesn't make any changes to the counter rule, then it's, it's honestly not hard to figure out either. You, you, you have tough, hard conversations with the guys at the bottom of the recruiting class and you just tell them, look, I'm sorry, it didn't work out. Um, you know, if you need help or, or, you know, looking for a new team, we can help get that done too. But I mean, you know, that's part of recruiting at a high level. These are issues that Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia deal with annually, right? Like they always have to deal with these types of numbers crunches with highly rated prospects. So ultimately, it is a good sign if Miami finds themselves in this position. Right. And I
0: got to point out, I don't think Miami wants to have those conversations. Like, no, again, no, we've talked about, I mean, they don't, they, they have not taken kids with the assumption that they're going to eventually...
1: Yeah, um, there's still a way to go. And yeah, but right. But I just think we need no to point... No one's getting it. dropped right now as we, we speak.
0: We just need to point out that, you know, just because they get really close to 25 doesn't mean that recruiting just stops.
1: Correct. Miami should take swings. It is, it is Manny Diaz's duty to get the most talented roster he can possibly get every year. And so, yeah, they can't stop recruiting studs uh, just because they are quote unquote full. And also, too, like we know, you know, just covering Miami alone, how, you know, decommitments just happen. They they tend to pop up every now and then. So, you know, uh, it doesn't necessarily, from the player's perspective, doesn't necessarily mean guys are definitely sticking with their commitments either on that end. Right, 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 right. Uh, last thing I want to get into real quick David uh,
0: you put up a poll on the site Monday morning kind of has to do with I guess football in in 2020 (laughs) I I, we should also point out Miami named uh, Derek King its starting quarterback Um, we knew this was kind of happening but uh,
1: (laughs) it's good that it's official I guess you know I I do like that Manny is about that life like I do appreciate that Manny knows and like he's a defensive coach, right? But he knows the quarterback is a big deal on any football team and the quarterback needs to be the leader. So Manny understands, you know, the number one leader on a team is, is the head coach. Number two is the quarterback. And so it's good to get that sorted out. He, he handled it. I thought in a nice way last year with Jaron, just announcing it, um, rather than leaving it up in the air, uh, going into that Florida game, he kind of was just like, yo, this is our guy, and the team's going to rally around our guy. Now, we already kind of knew that was the case with De'Eric, so it is different in that regard, but I still really like the gesture.
0: I want to know if it, if this happened because of uh, Rhett Lashley's appearance on Social Distance where he just spoke very highly <laughs> of King.
1: Well, you know, I mean, right it's really no secret. Like, I mean, we all know Derek was going to be the starter this year, Um, but it is different when it's public, you know?
0: So Miami or the ACC, I guess is contemplating going to eight or a 10 game schedule plus a non-conference game. You did have a poll up on the site um, kind of asking fans if Miami has to, or I mean, assuming they play one out of conference game, who do you want it to be? You listed some options. Um, Just just run run through that real quick.
1: Right. So basically what I did, and look, these aren't the only schools that it could potentially happen with, because like, who knows at this point? I mean, the schedules could get totally blown up. But basically what I was doing was taking T. like I listed Temple and UAB who are already on Miami's schedule. So should Miami keep their games with one of those two schools? Or should they schedule another Power Five team that was a, like, you know, because Miami's Power Five matchup against Michigan State essentially got canceled because the Big Ten decided to go to a conference only schedule this year. So I said, you know, there's other schools around the country that are in a similar boat, like Miami, that were gonna play Big Ten or Pac 12 teams that are now searching for another power five matchup. And so I listed teams like West Virginia, Oklahoma state, TCU, Texas tech, Texas, A&M, you know, just throwing those names out there. Would you rather see a game against those type of teams? Would you rather see Miami stick with temple or UAB, or would you rather, you know, go a different direction? So what are your thoughts on the issue? Oh,
0: I mean, I, given where things stand out on monday afternoon like yeah like i i think we're gonna see more kind of regional regionalized schedules so if i'm miami yeah. like i wouldn't even attempt to play a uab or a temple assuming they want a group of five op- opponent like i would i would call fau and be like get on uh 95 right. the turnpike and, and just come play us at hard rock stadium i i think you know I, I only see it trending in that direction. Just with sports, like everyone wants to talk about all this travel and, and stuff. I, I think we're gonna get to a point where some type of revelation is made that maybe like traveling far isn't isn't the right move. So um, that that would be mine. That that wasn't an option on your poll, but like I would no, call yeah. it F, FAU. I mean, you know, look, yeah, yeah. This past season you lost to FIU, but I, you know, you owned Willie Taggart up in um, <laughs> <laughs> Florida State. Like I just. You know, like yeah, it'd be it'd be it'd be fun in good entertainment TV value to go play at Texas A and M or host right. the TCU. But
1: like, dude, I I think we're gonna get to a point where it's like they just need games. I think your your um, opinion is is very rational and probably the smart thing to do. So I do agree with you there. You know, either FIU, FAU, whatever it is. Oh, they're not they're not playing FIU. <laughs> Would. Uh, would make sense uh, for the reasons you said. uh, Or even even a USF, like it's something that's drivable. Right. And I think too, you know, there's something to be said for UAB. Now, assuming UAB, you know, has their testing protocols at a place that Miami finds acceptable, you know, there's something to be said for UABs already on the schedule for September 12th. Why not just roll with that? Like it's already a done deal. So I right. think, I think that would be easy. Um, but in terms of like fun, yeah. I mean, you know, playing Texas A&M would certainly be fun. Um, and I think too, you know, Miami is in a position this year um, with their roster and I, you know, you and I both think that Derek King's the real deal at quarterback. I think, you know, if these schedules get blown up and they got to change a lot of stuff and take on different teams that they didn't originally expect to play, Miami should take on all comers this year, in my opinion. Um, why not, you know, because I think I think Miami has a chance to go toe-to-toe with a lot of teams. So um, it'll be interesting. You know, the ACC commissioner has said he's maintained that end of July is, is – when they should have things somewhat sorted out. So this is the end of July week. We will find out, I guess, what they have in store. I do hope that, you know, they, they are, are going to find a solution that works. Um, because I do think there are some solutions that work. You hinted at one, you know, whether it's a regional schedule where Miami just plays the teams in Florida or whatever. Um, the bottom line is, I just think football needs to happen. Uh, it doesn't seem like there's much momentum for a spring football. Uh, that's just my read on it. Uh, I think, I think, uh, the the power brokers want to push forward with, with fall football. And, you know, I I'm, I'm here for that. My, my only concern would be with fall football is if you're going to do it, you got to commit to it. And so, you know, Stuff's gonna pop up during the course of the season. Uh, you're gonna have outbreaks on certain teams. Um, you still gotta push forward and either play games with lesser rosters, or forfeit games, or push games back later into the year. So, my my only concern would be if they if they push forward to the fall, which looks like they want to do. Again, I'm fine for that, but just expect. That there's going to be bumps in the road and that things still need to move forward. If that's your plan because um, Playing just like two games in the fall and then having to shut down the season. uh, In my opinion, would do more damage than you know pushing the entire season back to the spring so We'll see man, it's going to be an interesting week uh, as these reports leak out from the SEC ACC and big 12 well Make
0: sure you guys stay locked to the site, 247sports.miami.com. Uh, inside the use another way to find it. David, you got anything else coming up before we wrap this up?
1: So, yeah, just wanted to hint, you know, we've been talking a lot about Miami Palmetto. We had a big VIP uh, crystal ball prediction drop for one of the Palmetto guys on the website today from a national 24-7 sports recruiting writer, Steve Wiltfong. So, uh, if you guys aren't VIP already, you you guys will definitely want to join and, and read that. Um, again, want to encourage everyone to check out the Instagram page, 247 Canes. Uh, we're now at 800 subscribers. So let's keep that rolling. And uh, yeah, just again, want to thank everyone for rating the podcast, subscribing, enjoying the content. I do feel like football is is around the corner. Uh, I'm keeping it optimistic, and, and, you know, hopefully that is the case because I think this could definitely be a fun year for the Hurricanes. All right, guys, we'll talk to you later. Take care.